As you walk through the valley of the shadow of hell, you will see through the fog a bend in reality, a veil that is beyond your own comprehension. It's the other side, beyond the void. That's right, it's episode 332, and we're carrying on our Pride Month especial with another episode chock full of Pride. Horror. You can hear your voice like... Uh, Where am I supposed to go with that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so <laughs> we decided to pick a person who is been in the industry for quite some time and they started making movies and writing and directing and uh, Ron Oliver is the name of the person and this is a person that did the movies Hello Mary Lou Prom Night 2 from 1987 as a writer and a uh, Prom Night 3 The Last Kiss from 1989 as a director and writer he didn't even think he was going to be able to do another movie ever again. So he was like, fuck it. I got a lot of information about him, about his past, about some of the movie and stuff like that. It should be a pretty healthy episode, particularly because one of these movies is just fantastic. It's like one of my favorite movies now. <laughs> like literally, I was a little high. I'll admit I was uh, I was on an edible. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were. But I wasn't on a heavy edible. You can ask her. Right. I don't I don't take a lot normally. I just I, do it just to mood stabilize. I've been taking more than you <laughs> yeah christina's been dealing with me so she's like i just eat five or six at a time i'm like i'll take a quarter <laughs> i'm a real fucking bitch about it <laughs> i just it's not i don't i don't know what it is anymore but i just don't need to get fucked up you know and i think i think i used to have so many different things that my brain wouldn't slow down you know uh-huh but yeah i'm now i'm a little bit older so i think i've dealt with it a little bit more but you know it hits you in a different way right you know right it's not like it's like i think i for all those years that i drank myself stupid literally i couldn't go to the bar without drinking or something you know i had to be fucked up right and it's like i don't even know how i survived like right. as many times as we went out christina and here we are still doing shots, but it's like, I don't really get fucked up anymore, do I? No, not really. I mean, I get high, but that's like harmless, right? It's like, right. It's kind With of you, silly, yeah. dopey fun, right? Yeah. I just laugh at dumb shit and we laugh at each other. Yeah. We watched, we both watched it high as fuck, though. We watched the first movie, high as fuck. Yeah. The, the Hello Mary Lou, probably night, night yeah. too, yeah. 
But anyway, so we picked uh, back to what we're doing. We picked Ron Oliver because Ron Oliver is a director that came out long ago and was making a lot of different films and worked on a lot of different projects in the horror scene, including stuff like Are You Afraid of the Dark, Goosebumps, many other movies that he worked on. He'd written and done a lot of stuff with, uh, including these movies. He's a big part of the Prom Night franchise. And it really kind of paid off because it kind of helped him in his career. So I wanted to kind of shine a spotlight on him a little bit and uh, for the celebration of Pride Month this month. So some pride lurking in the dark recesses of horror. (laughs) 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 It's a fucking rainbow. (laughs) You see that fucking video I sent you? Yeah. Where the guy's like screaming because there's a rainbow in the sky. Hide the child's eyes. There's a little doll on the thing, and he's like, Hide the child's eyes! They put rainbows in the sky, honey! (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, but yeah, so, Christina, how are you this week? What's going on with you? I'm okay. Uh, Do you want to hear about what traumatized me this week, and I can bring you all down with me? Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) Great, yeah, what? Uh, That father in Ohio, I can't stop thinking about him. Oh, dude, I don't want to talk about that shit. Never mind. Yeah, that is way downer. Yeah, (laughs) that is dark. That's a little bit too much, you know. I know. It's, I just, she's talking about a guy who like executed her, his kids, and that is just not light. Up, That's not light topical Monday talk. Let I can't me just stop thinking about it. I don't know why. She'll like, start a new podcast called. I just don't uh, know why. Like, I fuck just, your life. This is worse. It's horrible. <laughs> Jesus. I don't understand. Nobody anyway. understands why that anyway, happens. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not thinking about executing children. <laughs> so I guess that's good news. You doing all right over there? <laughs> Jesus. We we're not laughing at the thing that no. happened, guys. We're laughing because we're we're, we're uncomfortable. Fucked up. Yeah. We're fucked up. Well, yeah, that too cuz <laughs> We have some pretty dark jokes in this house. Let me yeah. tell you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you guys are not like half the stuff we we say <laughs> to each other, but it's all in uh, good fun and in, uh, in our safe space. <laughs> our safe space. This is our safe. Our space. hate room. <laughs> <laughs> Lock the door, honey. Let's go into our hate room. You know. Before- <laughs> Uh, but yeah we got some stuff that we wanted to do we weren't able to afford to go out and see movies in the theater this week so i haven't been able to put them up on youtube my apologies but you know hey i'm not rich i just do what i can i mean yeah i do have a pretty we have a pretty good collection i should say right but it doesn't mean that we're (laughs) that's probably why we're broke i think Uh, i think so Someone's not willing to give it up to, you know, eat. <laughs> that look on your face, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, she's like, I think so. <laughs> I, I just, it may not be funny to them, but it's funny to me. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, so I'll probably get shit for that after this episode. <laughs> but yeah, um, I didn't get to do those movies. I wanted to do The Boogeyman, and I wanted to watch The Blackening more than The Boogeyman even. Right. Because I miss those fucking spoofy fucking movies, you know? like I know. And it's just like, that is like the first one I've seen. That looks really good. And it looked really it's good. Funny. Like, it didn't look stupid. Right. You know, I don't know. It just looked like it was going to be really funny. Mm-hmm. And I bet it is. I haven't heard much from it. Uh, I didn't get to see the reviews because they didn't want to spoil it for me because I'm still going to review it in the future. Maybe we'll do it on an episode or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. 
when it comes out because we got to watch the boogeyman that's the uh stephen king um adaptation and it is also it's funny because the the other movie that came out years ago called the boogeyman the first one Mm -hmm. is getting a i think it's getting a 4k release oh yeah which is wild uh umeli 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 Mm -hmm. did the first one it's like this like weird thing about a mirror an evil mirror kind of reminds me of like amityville a little bit Mm -hmm. but um yeah i'm really looking forward to that i want to see i want to get a copy but yeah we gotta we got so many things coming out too it's like i just heard about massacre video doing the whole fucking and this is the sadist in me (laughs) uh, the whole fucking men behind the sun fucking trilogy which plemke fucking told me about one of our big supporters and friends uh he was like oh did you hear i was like god damn it he's like it's only 75 and i'm oh like my god. I, I just spent a hundred and this on this and then i had to do this and then i had to beg christina for a fucking ice cream cone <laughs> he's like no i'll help you out and i was like no you will not <laughs> so anyway thanks plumpke i appreciate that <laughs> Uh, but yeah massacre video is doing that i'm really excited about that i really want to do that i got a couple of other movies that i want to watch i'll mention them now just to give you guys kind of a heads up because maybe you can watch it for yourself but there's a couple of directors that hit me up one on from tubi it's called surrogates uh came out in 2022 i believe Mm -hmm. i believe it's from uh new zealand or it's from another country, I think. I started to watch it, but I've been doing this narcolepsy thing where I can't stay awake and I just cannot review a movie. It's not because of the movie's fault. It's my fault. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel right if I cannot watch the whole movie. If I start passing out like three times in it, I stop the movie and I'm like, all right, we'll try again later. Mm-hmm. But that movie, uh, the director hit me up about another one called oops your vampire i'm gonna review in the future it's like a comedy real indie comedy but he hit me up and he's like i think you know i've seen some of your other reviews and what you think of those movies maybe you'll like this and i was like okay i didn't i don't know if i wrote them back but i'm sorry i've been meaning to do these movies so if you're listening now just know that i do greatly appreciate watching indie films and i support them 100 percent. and i want to do a lot more of them i've just been really having a struggle here guys so and don't freak out don't go are you going to the doctor yet we're gonna tie you up put you in the hospital no i don't want any fucking bills thank you just let me die in fucking peace and fucking dignity okay then you'll never get those movies done yeah well i don't i'd rather not be in debt or have my debt fucking kill you after me so thanks (laughs) (laughs) living isn't free and you're a piece of shit when you're born just kidding anyway um i think it might be that time christina what time is it horse shots All right, guys, so we decided to pick the first movie of this week, which is Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2 from 1987. I'm going to say it again a couple of times, too, because I always do, like an idiot, because <laughs> uh, I want to make sure you remember that, because for some reason, there's probably like 50 movies out there named that. And <laughs> anyway, we picked that movie to do a shot based around you-know-who Mary Lou, and she is uh, wanting us to call this by demand and uh, magical Freddy Krueger powers to (laughs) 
Name this shot, and I didn't pick this, guys. Just remember, she was the one that made me do it. She tried to seduce me last night over the phone, and uh, yeah, it melted in my hand. Let's just say it's called a Mary Lou shooter, okay? I could go anywhere. <laughs> Shoot her? <laughs> yeah, that's what, what you're saying, saying? yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a Mary Lou shooter. Yes, I know, because we're taking a shot. Yes, and it's, it's. Uh, I don't know why you put that in there, because we're going to choke. Is that two cherries in there? It's two cherries. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to Mary do that. Mary Lou wants you Christina, to Christina, you'll choke on that. Then take it out. I, I didn't mean the full cherry. I meant, okay. like, the stem. <laughs> you put the full cherries in there, we're going to die. We're going to get it in her lung or something. Okay. Yeah, he did a podcast where he did this shot. He just had uh, two cherries stuck in his lungs. Mary Lou got him after all. See? <laughs> That's the point. Anyway, so what's in a Mary Lou shooter, Christina? We got some black velvet Canadian whiskey. Oh. Right? And then we got a, a, like a dab of syrup, maple Canadian syrup. Oh, my God. Wow, that's really offensive. And a cherry. I'm offended. Cherries and then cherries that we're gonna. It's always got to be maple fucking syrup, even though their twenties have like fucking maple. Well, you better enjoy it while you can, because it's all burning up. Dude, their their twenties have maple smell on them. Right. It smells so good. They're, it's That's like, what they're known for. Yeah, their money is like plastic. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Like when you touch it, it feels like clear plastic. Right. Uh. Anyway, you crazy Canadians, I love you. So I guess we're gonna take this shot. So. How much do you put in of each of it? It's a shot of black velvet of and then a dab of syrup and cherries. Okay. I'm going to try to put my teeth in the way so I don't choke on this. Right. That's what I'm going to do. She, cheers. Your mother sews socks in hell. Your mother sews socks in hell. Oh, not bad. It's pretty good. Oof. Yeah. I mean, that whiskey's really not that bad, but with the extra maple syrup, it kind of accidentally makes it a little bit more smooth, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just me. Mm-mm. It's good like that. I'm going to drink, drink cheap whiskeys like that from now on. Well, you know, the Canadian whiskey, the regular Canadian whiskey, that's actually a pretty good whiskey, and most people don't realize it. It's cheap here, but it's expensive in Canada, believe it or not. Oh. Yeah, it's kind of like the whole pharmacy thing out here. Right. That <laughs> we're... Pharmaceuticals are more expensive here than everywhere else in the exactly. in the world. <laughs> we deserve Jesus. to die. Uh, anyway, so we're going to go ahead and uh, if you would like to try a Mary Lou shooter, all you have to do, and it's based off the movie, obviously, Hello, Mary Lou, Prominent 2, 1987. But if you would like to try a Mary Lou shooter, all you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now. That's it for horror shots. All right, guys, so now we're going to jump in to our Pride Horror with Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, 1987, and Prom Night 3, The Last Kiss, 1989. And we're going to go ahead and do that right now. All right, so we switched things up this time, guys. I don't know if anybody's going to notice or not. I'm going first, so surprise. Anyway, Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2 is about 30 years after her accidental death. 
at her 1957 senior prom, the tortured spirit of prom queen Mary Lou Maloney returns to seek revenge. Uh-oh. Yeah. Taglines. I got a few here. Mary Lou is back. God help the students of Hamilton High. In 1957, Mary Lou Maloney went up in flames. Now she's back, and she's burning mad. <laughs> she's dying to get even. <laughs> An old flame returns. Those are the ones that I yeah. There's more, but I just thought that was it. So this is by director Bruce Pittman. Yes, Ron Oliver did not direct this one, but Bruce Pittman did. And he's directed a lot of films since the 70s. He directed Maniac Mansion, which was a TV series, which I don't think I ever saw. I do remember the video game, Mm -hmm. which was kind of like a King's Quest thing where you had to type stuff in or laser shoot Larry game or whatever. Mm -hmm. If anybody ever played those. But he did do episodes of Airwolf. Friday the 13th, the series, The Twilight Zone, Beyond Reality, The Bradbury, Bradbury Theater, and also Forever Night. Uh, on, Ron Oliver, of course, is the writer on this, who is his mother went into labor with him while watching Psycho in the shower scene at a drive-in. Oh. Yeah, and if that ain't fucking horror royalty, I honestly don't know what is. He was born into it. He was born into this world from Hitchcock, so... Yes, and Jamie Lee Curtis's mom, which if you think about it, he ended up doing the Mary Lou franchise or the Prom Night franchise, which Jamie Lee Curtis starred in. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, his this is his first uh, movie that he actually ever wrote for on, on, on this, apparently. It's his first day. Uh, his first directorial debut was part three, the one after this, The Last Kiss. He went on to do 17 episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark because of this movie. Which he also wrote two episodes for, and he also went on to do an episode of Lex, which is a great TV show I loved. Police Academy, the series, Goosebumps, he did 16 episodes for, which he also wrote seven episodes for. And he did The New Adams Family, Animorphs, Queers Folk he did an episode of, and he even did the reboot of Sigmund and the Sea Monsters, the Sid and Marty Croft production, which is an Amazon Prime reboot. About kids that find an enlarged fucking puppet on the shore and make friends with it. And I kind of want to watch it. That sounds crazy. It inspired me to want to watch all the Sid and Marty Croft shit. They had like the they had the H.R. Puffin stuff, Lidsville, which is totally a pot fucking reference. Uh, Even Mr. Show fucking did a fucking skit on it. Mm-hmm. And then they did, you know, Sigmund and a bunch of oh, Land of the Lost, mm-hmm. ton of stuff. But the new reboot of the Simeon and the Sea Monster has David Arquette as Captain Barnabas, who is kind of like the bad guy in the movie, I guess. That's weird. It's a kid's show, but David uh-huh. Arquette's in it. It's really weird. I was like, I'm kind of curious about this. There's yeah. other stars in the film or in the show. But yeah, Prime picked it up and wanted to like reboot it. So, But then Ron Oliver went on to do a lot of holiday romantic comedies and kids movies. So he's probably itching for a new... Uh, Horror feature, I think. Mm-hmm. Just like those Anything for Jackson guys that decided oh, that, that's right. to do all those movies and then uh, and exacted then do- their revenge with Anything for Jackson. <laughs> if you haven't seen that movie, please go see it. It's one of the best indie films I've seen mm-hmm. in the last 10 years, literally. 
We also have uh, the musical score done by Paul Zawa, who did the entire franchise of this. And I'll explain a really funny story when you get this. Right. Uh, Paul Zawa actually did The Brain. And I know this because... When we started this movie... Oh, my God. So we started the movie. Okay, you Like, tell not us. even five seconds into it, he pauses it. He's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. The music sounds exactly like the brain. And then he he Googles it on his phone. He pulls it up, and then he starts playing it, right? So then I was like, yeah, okay, it sounds the same. It doesn't. And, it didn't sound the same. It sounds similar. Yeah, it sounded very similar. It, doesn't, so, it, it wasn't the same. It just had that air about it. So then he hit play again on the movie, and then it said music by... Paul literally a second after then he paused it and he started cheering like he won a fucking Grammy or something (laughs) fuck you (laughs) what an asshole (laughs) I mean you try to do that see how easy it is you you did this a few episodes ago too we watched I do I do it a lot I don't know what it is but I am very proud of the fact that I can listen and hear something I, I have been outside of the room, not even been able to look at the TV, and she'll be playing something, and I'll hear something somebody said, and I'll be like, oh, you're watching Mausoleum, and she's like, <laughs> how did you fucking know that? <laughs> or I'll hear a note or something, and it just, like, stirs a memory, and the, the brain, I am such a- You're musically inclined pr- brain. Well, that, that probably doesn't hurt. Right. <laughs> but it's just funny to me. I know you guys are bored with this already, but just- it's amazing, okay, to be able to pull out a random composer who I've never admired or, you know, like bought a record of. <laughs> you but, know what I mean? but you never know the time of day it is. Well, I've admired him, but I just, from afar, I wasn't like the biggest, closest fan. And then all of a sudden I'm going, you know what? That sounds like the brain. And then being able to find an artist's their sound and then find it in another movie accidentally like that and then the fucking credit pulls up you're like okay either I'm psychic or I'm just really good and I, I'm gonna go with really good you're really good anyway that's really good now that I'm done I'm gonna put the mirror away thanks Christina for holding it you're welcome uh, he also did The Brain A Christmas Story Porky's My Bloody Valentine Popcorn Curtains The Borrower Meatballs 3 Body Count The Dark Miss Begotten And like I said The entire prom uh, Night franchise So mm-hmm. From beginning to end Oh So this has been a Canadian production You right. know For the most part Even if there wasn't Americans working You know mm-hmm. On the fi- on the picture It's a Canadian production Mm-hmm some of the cast in this movie, we have several characters who were named after popular horror film directors and other cult figures, including John Carpenter, George Romero, Wes Craven, Frank Annalotter, Stephen King, John Waters, Ed Wood Jr., and Todd Browning, which uh, we have Lisa Schrag, who plays Mary Lou Maloney. She's been in quite a few uh, different things, including the Twilight Zone uh, uh, TV show, Food of the Gods 2. She plays Alex's, Alex Reed. She's been in some uh, other movies outside of the U.S. as well. A lot of action films and stuff like that. But, you know, she's also done Dreams Beyond Memory, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, but not that many more. We also have Michael Ironside in this as Bill Nordum. He was in, obviously, Starship Troopers, Total Recall, Top Gun, his famous head-popping scene. Well, not him, but he made the guy pop in Scanners, uh, and many other films that you probably know exactly who he is. A lot of people get him confused with the guy who played the father in uh, 
Nightmare on Elm Street, like I did. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I think so. I, I, he was in another movie we just watched yeah, recently. recently. Yeah, yeah. We also have Wendy Lyon, who plays Vicky Carpenter. You know, John Carpenter. Got it. Got it. Again. <laughs> she plays Vicky Carpenter, but Wendy Lyon has been in a lot of different movies like The Shape of Water, Regression. She was in FUBAR. She also did a couple of things on... Uh, she did a episode in Cabinet of Curiosities from the Del Toro uh, thing on Netflix. And uh, she also did uh, Designated Survivor. She was a character in that show, too. So We also have Louis Ferreira, plays Craig Nordum, who he has the, the son and the main love interest in this movie because it stars the main girl Vicky Carpenter is but he's also kind of a main star in some ways he was in Bad Blood Motive Breaking Bad he played uh, Declan he also was in Westworld as Dr. Alpert he was in Travelers the TV show X-Files Arrow and a ton more we also have Richard Monette who plays Father Cooper in this movie he was the older version obviously uh, they have a younger version of him. He was in a movie called Mania, The Intruder, which I believe is an anthology from Canada. I literally just recently found it, and I was like, ooh, what is that? Oh. So I wanted to try to find it online. I think it was on TV, but it's an anthology from Canada. He was also in Mary Higgins Clark's uh, Where My While My Pretty One Sleeps. He also was in Harrison Bergeron. He also did Counter-Strike. Murder by Night, Twilight Zone, and he was also on TNT, which is that uh, Mr. T TV show, by the way. We also have Terry Hawks, who plays Kelly Henenlotter, clearly a nod towards Frank Henenlotter uh, from the Bad Biology, Basket Case, Brain Damage. He loves all the B movies, by the way, <laughs> and he loves the letter B as well. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he uh, did... Cube Zero he was in, by, by the way, which was a movie that was uh, out in 2004. If you haven't seen that, it's not too bad. It's a little silly, but it's not it's not too bad as an indie. Also did a lot of voice work in stuff like the Care Bears movie, Sailor Moon. She was also in Lady Ada's Secret Society and many other things. We also have Brock Simpson, who plays Josh. He's like the mainstay in the prom franchise the prom night franchise he's in every single film he was a young child in the first one who was picking on the little girl in the very beginning of the movie oh who wanders into that little place uh little abandoned building or whatever mm -hmm. uh but he was also in yeah all the movies in the prom night including part four he was also in a movie called bullies blackheart liar's edge outcast and many more and then two more, Beverly Hendry, who plays Monica Waters, named after John Waters, of course. Why not? She was in MacGyver. She was also in the Commish. Highlander TV show she was in. She even did uh, Diagnosis Murder, which is another TV show from way back. And uh, Neon Rider. And then last but not least, we get Beth Gondek, who plays Jess Browning. She was the extremely 80s, like, artistic girl who reminded me of my childhood, like, so much. Oh, yeah. Like, it remember, it made me think of how we would sit in the halls in the morning before school started. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but it just did. Mm -hmm. And I remember hanging out with all the, like, goth kids and stuff, you know, and all the weirdos. Right. That was our little section to sit down and wait. But she was in, uh, she actually played Jess, the, the girl that uh, 
as an interesting end. I won't say how. She was in the last movie, Dead Leaves, The Night of Scarlet Terror, and a few others, including Loose or Screwballs, too. <laughs> she played Candy Bar in that movie. So, yeah, this movie had a budget of 2.5 million Canadian, which is about 2 million at the time in 1989, which would be about double that now. So they spent about $4 million today's money on the movie, and it made about $2.7 million at the U.S. box office. So they made their money back just barely because mm-hmm. I'm sure it cost money to do advertising and all that stuff. So it didn't do exactly too well. A lot of people gave this movie a lot of shit. But Christina, yes. what are your thoughts on this fine film? Well, it was strangely funny and cheesy. It's a very cheesy movie. Oh, yeah. It has good parts. Like, the acting was okay. The music was great. You know, like you said before. Uh, the sh- There were some really cool shots in the movie. There was, like, a shot with a chalkboard. Which, like, looked really cool. Yes, there's a lot of really cool kills in this movie. Yeah, there really is. Very creative. It does drag in parts towards the middle. Yeah. Obviously, it rips from a bunch of other movies, like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street and Evil Dead. Um, Many others. And many others. I'm sure you wrote down a bunch of movies. Oh, yeah. Because you would know more than me. These are all homage Yeah, totally. But I'm telling you, if you want examples of what being raised by a boomer parent is <laughs> like this is a really good example of right. showing of showing that like Gen X how Gen X was raised by boomer parents I'm just telling you kind of feels that way a little bit right? yeah, yeah yeah totally um but in 1987 a bunch of sequels came out that year like Evil Dead 2 came out that year Nightmare on Elm Street 3 came out Jaws the Revenge came out Beverly Hill Cops 2, there was a lot of sequels in 1987. Right. So I could see this one kind of getting lost within in the, the sauce. Lost in the sauce of the sequel world. Well, just to say real quick, sequels to me when I was a kid were great. Oh, yeah. I don't know what it was, but that's just where I let you know landed when I watched these sequels. Because you got to see more of the things you liked. Right. And then That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. It expanded on the lore. Exactly. And the vibe, you know, it was like Never Ending Story 2. Wasn't a great movie, but it expanded on the lore. And when you love the first one as much as you, I did when I was a kid. Yeah, exactly. You know. And look at it now, like, all those movies, are they were in, like, Stranger Things. Like, everyone always oh, yeah, re- yeah, that's repeats true, yeah. back. Well, the people that write that movies. stuff are people it's our age. nostalgia, just like yeah. when our age growing up, the Wonder Years was really popular, and that went back to, what, the 50s, which or 60s, which would have been... You know, the parents' nostalgia. Anyway. Well, and, and, you know, Ron Oliver probably pulled from some of that stuff, too. He's not that old. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? He's, like, probably, well, he had probably to. just before us a little bit. Well, too. he had to, too, because Mary Lou was from 57, 1957. Right. So I'm sure he pulled from his parent, his experience or his parents' experience or whatever. But anyway, I gave it a 6 out of 10. Okay. Wow. Okay. What about you? I was, I was hoping it would be more. I was expecting. You, you knew me. Yeah. You know what I think. Well, I love this when movie. When shit drags for me, like, I, if I lose interest, like, I can't. I, I, I love this movie. I had, you can ask her, I had a blast watching this movie. You really did. I was laughing, and, and I hadn't, I just needed it, too. Like, I really needed to have that kind of time, mm-hmm. and it was so refreshing. This is one of my favorite movies now. Mm-hmm. Like, literally one of my favorite movies. It is chock full of one-liners, funny dialogue and great kills it's different creative it's tropey as fuck but it's also awesome 
and it does shit that you don't see in movies these days. The special effects were really good, and and not just the gore, but the creature effects too. Like in the 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 stuff that they did for the kill scenes and stuff like that. Like you were mentioning the chalkboard. Yeah, all very inventive, like interesting things I've never seen before. But in some ways, mirror our favorite things that we've seen in horror. Exactly. And you can tell this is homage because it hits in that spot. If you are a horror fan, you will love this movie. You know what I mean? If you're right. an 80s horror fan, especially, you're going to be like, fuck, yeah, dude, this is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Like, you know me, guys. I love the 80s. I can I can barely get out of them. Christina has to pull me out. Oh, my God. But I just want to live there in my head all the time. So, But it's got vibes of movies like Carrie. Like you mentioned, Nightmare on Elm Street for sure. I even get Night of the Demons in this uh, as well because you get that main character who is a woman in the Night of the Demons, Angela. Do you remember her? Mm-hmm. She goes around the house like killing people and then turning them into demons and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. You totally see that. In but this. she does like the the older her character got and the iterations of franchise of the iterations of sequels that went on. They got weirder and sillier. There was like mm-hmm. a, a tit monster that like came out of her boobs at one point in time and like bit off people's hands right. <laughs> at a party. And like that's exactly like this kind of movie. So. All these horror homages mixed into one extremely fun movie. It made me happy, and I could see some people maybe complaining about it, but ah, just have fun. Shut up and have fun. Like, seriously, this is probably one of my more favorite watches in a movie that I have seen in a in a, in a little while now, you know? And I needed it because I was getting a little, uh, like, jaded. Yeah. So... Lots but, of crap and garbage out there. I like what it, that it borrows somehow, but also still kind of remains its own thing and remains so much fun. I, like a lot of the kills are very uniquely its own, but still kind of reminiscent of other movies in a way, which is kind of great. Kind of has that like um, also has that Wishmaster kind of thing. But Wishmaster came later, probably borrowed from that, mm-hmm. borrowed from this movie. It's it's aesthetic in a way. It's part of why Ron Oliver, he was he was a true horror fan and he loved all these movies and figured this was only the only movie he was ever going to make. So he was going to pay homage to all the greats on his way out. Because he figured if I get one shot, here we go. The kids in this movie and the people who played it, I thought were pretty fantastic in this one. Mary Lou is pretty much like Freddie, but his earlier kind of funny Freddie in a way, but not the oh, too over the top Freddie where it got out of control. Oh, like, yeah. like the TV show in a way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're definitely going to laugh your ass off, but there are some genuinely really good moments in this film that I really like. The score, I think, also really helps push in a lot of ways. Like, I really like the score in this one. And even if you disagree with me on this, you're sure to laugh your ass off at some point in this movie. And and some of the choices and tropes, it really legitimately is. This is like a horror fan film through and through. It's got, to me, great pacing, great kills, funny dialogue, ridiculous acting, and some moments that are, you'll never forget, and you just kind of want to cheer along it by the time the movie's over. I, I really just had one of the best times I've had in ma- watching a movie, and I'm going to give it an 8.5. Oh, wow. Because I liked it that much. Like, I literally want to get a poster now and put it up in my room. <laughs> I'm not joking. I was thinking about it all day today. Oh, my God. I was like, I got to save up and get a Mary Lou poster. <laughs> and you know what's funny? A lot of my friends who who are queer, they love this movie too. And they did for, well, they liked the Mary Lou franchise in particular. I don't know why it just was. And I didn't know, uh-huh. you know, that Ron Oliver was part of that reason. Oh. 
And uh, but yeah, so it isn't like, you know, this isn't a movie that's going to be like super representation or anything like that. And it's literally probably got some like jabs in there in a way. Um, I don't know that it, Ron Oliver did it intentionally because he said he just kind of stream of consciousness, like wrote this movie mm-hmm. and put in a lot of different things in his life into the movie. So maybe he did put in some jabs in there at culture and like how people said and thought things like I was at least trying to pay attention for those moments Mm -hmm. in this because you even mentioned it, the whole boomer culture thing. Yeah. And it's heavy in there, you know, like there's some uh, stuff in it. Yeah. Like how parents were back then. Right. So they leaned into it a lot. Right. Yeah. It's a I don't know. I really thought it was a blast. I hope you guys check it out. You can check it out on Tubi. You can watch it on Freebie. You can watch it on Shutter. It was on Shutter. No commercials, by the way. So if you have Shutter, just watch it there. There is not an HD copy, which is fucking atrocious. And somebody needs to be shot for not doing that. They need to just put out a box set. Like Vinegar Syndrome just needs to do three, uh, two, three, and four. Right. Put them out like they did the Amityville one. Right. And then, you know, worry about Prom Night 1 and, or yeah, two through four, two through four, and worry about Prom Night some other time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. they're getting bigger titles now, but I'm just saying like, I feel like that is the perfect box set. Mm-hmm. And you know, because honestly I, I really, I know I watched prom night one. It really is not connected to it. So you don't really need to watch it by the way first right. or anything. So don't worry about that. Oh, is Mary Lou not in the first one? I don't remember. Uh, it's been a little while since I've seen it. So I can't say a hundred percent. I think she's the only one in the entire franchise. That's mm-hmm. been in there, but the story drastically changes in part two because this was originally supposed to be the script for horror at ha- or horror at haunted Hamilton High, ha- haunting at Hamilton, haunting High. at Hamilton High. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. And then the the one after was going to be part two, right? So because you know it's so different, right? So and it really is, and no no you know no shade to fucking Jamie Lee Curtis or anything like that. It's just, this is a fucking great film in my opinion. Like (laughs) it was fun. I would watch this a bunch of times and I probably will watch it again if they put it out on Blu-ray. So somebody make it happen. Okay. Anyway. So Christina gave it a six and I gave it a 8.5. So that gives it a 7.25 on the BTV scale. So that is a definite, you should watch it at least could be your favorite, could be your okay with it probably i think most people would uh come back to this movie again and go oh okay i get it now mm-hmm. so if you haven't liked it in the past maybe watch it again see what you think maybe maybe because that's kind of what happened to me i remember we saw it on the fucking shutter streaming service yeah because i the, threw like, it up there as background yeah she puts up the, the the channel so it's just running on in the background all the time so we got like horror playing all the time and God damn, dude. I, I saw it in there, and, I, and one of the kills in the movie was just so fantastic mm-hmm. involving a fucking uh, locker room. Right. I won't say what it is, but it's fantastic, dude. It's totally Freddy, though. Totally. It's a Freddy kill. Oh, there's lots of Freddy kills in this. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, if you like to check it out first before we get into our spoilers, I hope you do check it out. It's a lot of fun. So we will be spoiling a lot of the movie and some of the trivia on this and uh, some about Ron Oliver's life. So, But if you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. So the song Mary Lou that's played in the movie is by Ronnie Hawkins called Mary Lou. Is that an original song from yeah, the 50s? 50s. Yeah, late oh, okay. 50s. Ronnie Hawkins did it and uh, he wrote music for like four or five years on that. And 
some of his biggest hits. And then he died? I don't know what happened. I didn't look that far into <laughs> it, sorry. Christina. I don't know everything. I, okay? I just got to go dark. What is know? the answer to the life? <laughs> 42. Okay. Anyway, Ron Oliver is nominated director, writer, producer, composer. He started his career with a cult hit called Mary Lou Prime Night 2, which we're talking about right now, and the Blue Velvet of High School Horror Movies by the Los Angeles Times. That's what they called it. And since... He's directed and or written award-winning theatrical feature films, television rating hits in studios such as Warner Brothers, Fox, Universal, the Walt Disney Company. His Hallmark Hall of Fame Christmas movies are among the highest rated in network's history. And his work on the iconic Nickelodeon series, Are You Afraid of the Dark, which I mentioned, has been heralded as one of the top 10 most frightening TV shows ever made. I don't know. I feel like Monsters was up there for me a little bit or... Mm-hmm. Tales from the Dark Side kind of tripped me out. Cheap, schlocky, but scary sometimes. Uh, he is Canadian-born, apparently. I thought he was born here in the United States, but he has been twice nominated for the prestigious Directors Guild of America Award. He has traveled around the world to film in London, Paris, Berlin, Johannesburg, and all the way back home to Hollywood, California, where he lives today. And he is also a published author of award-winning short fiction, as well as penning an acclaimed series of comic essays on filmmaking in the well-regarded Moviescope magazine. Oliver was knighted in 2019 by the sovereign nation of Sealand. Sealand? What's Sealand? I don't don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't write this. (laughs) Uh, And is now referred to as Sir Ronald Robert Oliver OMS. So, don't ask. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what OMS is, guys. Okay, I'm stupid. All right, I don't know. Anyway, Ron, Ron Oliver is also good friends and neighbors, apparently, with Udo Kier, another person who came out and has been out for a long time and who has done a lot of, of genre cinema like Ron Oliver has. In fact, a lot. I mean, he was in, Jesus, fucking Scanners. I think it was Scanners or? The TV show? The movie. The movie. Oh, There's no Scanners TV show, oh. although they've been talking about it. That's I was, why I paused. I was thinking of Gliders. <laughs> She's got it all fucked up. You mean sliders? Oh yeah, <laughs> gliders. Yeah, it's about it's a fun-filled family adventure about magical sugar gliders where they go gliding <laughs> across the South Pacific Islands. <laughs> Make that a holiday movie, Ron. Oh. Uh, anyway. I did listen to a podcast. It was an interview with Ron. Um, I want to give them a shout out and for you guys to check it out. There's a lot more in that conversation that they had than I'm going to be sharing some of it with you today, but I wanted to give them a shout out in due respect for all of my wonderful podcasting brethren and sisterin out there. Um, but yeah, Monsters, Madness and Magic on YouTube had a interview with Ron Oliver in which he spoke in depth about, you know, his life. So I wanted to shout them out. So check them out. Ron Oliver's first passion in his life was being a magician. Aw. And he actually had a touring stage show that he did. He was no joke. Oh, wow. This wasn't like a little kid's show like you're thinking in your mind. Right. Like he actually took it very seriously. And he still collects magic props and things to this day. Uh Uh-huh. He even performed in bars at the age of 16. Oh, wow. As a magician. So if you can imagine... He even still performs as a magician on Christmas night with his husband that he married on that day. 
Aww. They celebrate their anniversary every Christmas. So they do a little magic show, I guess, together for Aww. for that, which I thought was pretty cool. That's sweet. Yeah, I've never wanted to. I've always been scared to like say something to somebody for a, hol- a holiday because then it would get ruined if you break up or something. <laughs> Because uh, <laughs> I was never really good at relationships <laughs> until you. <laughs> <laughs> he was talking about how he also got the inspiration to just make movies in general by seeing a double bill of The Stuntman and John Carpenter's Halloween, mm-hmm. which he said just ooze, oozes like suspense and it just makes you want to make a movie. He said you could feel that. In the, in in the making while he was watching it on the screen, you could feel it. Mm-hmm. It was just like I got to do this. His father was a rockabilly rocker. Oh wow! He stopped. He did uh, music for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, like that sway cat rockabilly style, big band. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah, like it's a, like a bluesy, funky sort of style. Right. Real, real suit, sexy. Suit, right. It's like jazzy right. kind of almost too. You know. Yeah. But um. Sky. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, he quit the band and, and gave it up to marry his mom. What? Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. Because the father... Oh, my God. I, I don't know why. I thought... To marry Ron Oliver's mom. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Not his mother. <laughs> I thought that for... And that's how Ron Oliver was born. <laughs> <laughs> wow, if he... I got to... I hope he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> It was the way you she said it. She means no it, offense, Ron. It okay? was the way you said it. I know because know? I was I wrote it in that way. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and you keep asking like, questions. What is this turning into an incestual story? <laughs> so story goes. No I'm kidding. <laughs> anyway, Ron says that he is writing on something for R.L. Stein currently in a book called Midsummer Night Scream. It's a, a screened adaptation, I guess. Uh-huh. I don't know if he was supposed to share that, but he sure as hell did, so I wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> he also uh, was talking about the rocking horse scene in this movie, which is one Ugh. of the... There's a lot of really great scenes in this movie, but the rocking horse scene is definitely one of the creepier ones because we revisit it and it gets worse. Yeah. Um, but he said it was based on his sister's rocking horse in her room that he found, like, ultra creepy, and he just didn't like it, so... Uh... He said that all of the stuff in this movie is all like parts. A lot of what he wrote in this movie were real things that happened to him mm-hmm. that he just tweaked into a horror movie. Mm-hmm. So that you just write down because you're like, well, that's really interesting and funny. Right. He also said that, you know, Bruce wasn't exactly the suspenseful guy when it comes to making a horror movie, but he was really good at character work. So when they worked together on it, like Ron just put out like he just kind of like drew, wrote this up over you know 10 pages at a time weeks at a time he just kept going through them and uh bruce was the one that was like really interested in what the characters like motives and stuff like that were so he didn't worry about that stuff because he considers that to be more of a book writer when oh. you're, you're over detailed you're more of a book writer than necessarily a screenwriter right although it's good to have good details in it but when you're just trying to get ideas out you don't want to get hung up on them too much, mm-hmm. uh, especially for a screenwriter, because you want it to flow. That's the important part. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he said that he had a lot of really great ideas that he added depth to the characters that he already had. And he said that there was like subtext in the characters that he had made that he didn't even he did subconsciously. Mm-hmm. And Bruce was able to bring those out in a lot of these characters and give them more dynamics. 
And maybe that's why this one pops off a little bit more. Right. You know, than the others. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. He didn't say that that I I'm saying that Mm -hmm. he said that he just lacked the suspense part where, you know, you're something big is going to happen. But I don't know. You know, I got to say that like Zaza's score in this was so good that it kind of does bring you into some suspenseful moments and like some really weird freak out parts by fucking uh, what's his name? The fucking uh, Michael Ironside's character, the, the principal. Uh-huh. He's a nut in this movie, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's like having, he's like a tortured, you know, like, he's had a really rough past. Right. <laughs> he also was saying that some of the best films in Canada that they have are, like, thanks to the tax credits that they offer up there in, right. in the, I'm not the filmmaking land, but we're going to make it a filmmaking For, land. like, the art community. Yeah, unlike they do here in America. Which, Do it on your own. Jesus, we come up with like, you know, 80% of the fucking world's fucking movies and entertainment. You think maybe? You know what I mean? Like, we're, it's like all we are is an entertainment industry. You know what I mean? Like, you would think that they would... Well, from, they do it by state, too. They're like, no, you have to starve for it. You have to go homeless. You got to want it that bad. That's how we keep it good. <laughs> how homeless have you been? Oh, tw- two weeks? Wait another year, my friend. Wait another year. <laughs> if you're still alive. <laughs> anyway, so what are some of your favorite scenes? Just pick a couple and we'll go over them. I really like the scene when uh, Vicky's friend Jess was like telling her she was pregnant and shit. And then Vicky just like fucking leaves her. She's like, okay, alone. sounds good. Yeah, and leaves. <laughs> so then, uh, of course. Jess, Jess does. It's Jess. It's the art girl. Yeah, Jess. And then, uh. Uh, so Jess starts working on like the tiara because they found the tiara like in the attic from Mary Lou mm. and she popped off some of the sparkly bling on it and then all of a sudden fucking the chest pops open and Mary Lou like comes like evil deading it down the hall to her and shit and this was like the supernatural force like throws her up against the fucking uh, the wall, the wall <laughs> yeah. and then it, it opens up the paper cutter and you're like holy shit we're gonna see her, her get decapitated by the paper cutter but no oh no instead she's like no we gotta make this look like a suicide we gotta make this cause she's yeah, pregnant yeah that was a tricky little know? thing huh they set it up to like do the paper cutter yeah exactly and, and then, then, then it's like pulling her over it like a guillotine right and it's like like a swinging guillotine almost you know what I mean right like, and then last minute she's like oh nope she's got a hanger let's hang her we're yeah. gonna hang her yeah I was like, so. oh, that's so cool. And then he hangs her and then throws and, her out a window. <laughs> and then it, yeah. And then it makes it look like she killed herself because she was pregnant. You know, because I guess that's what you're supposed to do. I when think you're they would, I mean, think, they would think somebody choked you if you fucking died and they threw you out a window. I know, but, you know. It's still cool, though. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that with the, the paper cutter, too. Was Chucky out? At that time, I wonder if that's like a ode to that. You know. It might be because it wasn't that like 85. I think it was like 83. We know what you mean. 88. So it was a year that year that they were making this, basically, mm. or just happened. So it's very possible. <laughs> right. He'd probably be like, yep, it, it is. But, you know, I just loved it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Did you like how um, Vicky kept seeing visions and shit? That was bothering me. I liked it, actually, because it reminded me of like Freddy Krueger when, uh, the girls going in and out of like reality uh-huh. all the time, and like these like slips of reality are very Freddy Krueger induced, right? Because it's like you're stepping into this bubble of Mary Lou, and she's like pulling you into her darkness. And I loved it. I loved that. I love that sort of um, 
kind of has this feeling of like just unease at any point in time like there's something around you and that's what's good about evil dead in my opinion right is that those movies the first two always had that evil entity around them mm-hmm. now obviously evil dead does it better <laughs> right but i can see where the you know idea is to create this sort of unsafe space wherever she is which is pretty much the school or whoever she's possessed mm-hmm. but um one of my favorite kills is definitely <laughs> the fucking locker squash so father cooper is like he's like mr christian magic in, in this movie which i kept calling it christian, christian magic because <laughs> he pulls out candles and shit and i'm like that's kind of satanic in a way <laughs> But it was well, Christian Catholic, magic. Well, Catholicism's kind of. Hey, know, man, I bet you it was matter. the 80s and that was a lot of fucking bullshit that they were <laughs> spitting out of their mouths about satanic panic. Right. So, I mean, he may have made a joke about him in that in that sense. But what she does is Vicky goes to she gets into like this dream state or she I don't know if she's like fully possessed or what, but she shows up for Father Cooper and confesses, saying that she hurt her friends and that she's given his sex with her boyfriend and she's like will you help me yes will you pray for me yes my child will you fuck me (laughs) will you fuck me right buddy and breaks through the wall and he like wards her off with his magic his jesus christ magic baby jesus magic (laughs) and she's like there is no god or heaven she's like you know what passed me pissed me off the most no fucking wings and stabs him in the neck i was like yes um but that's when she she goes to kissing monica in the in the bathroom she like goes to take a shower and she's acting in the all, locker room yeah yeah she's taking all she's being all weird and stuff she's doing that amityville thing like amityville too mm-hmm. you know where the fucking sister and the brother are fucking making out yeah. and stuff like that she's banging on the door to get out and screaming for help monica is and she hides in a locker and vicky's like a womp bomb a lubomp a womp bam boom and then the lockers smash from both sides and she's just pulp that comes Splishes out the top there. of the fucking thing yeah gets all slimy <laughs> yeah dude i love that that's my favorite what about you Oh, so right before that, before she goes to the confessional, that's the the chalkboard scene. So she gets oh yeah, she gets sent to detention because this is when uh Mary Lou like first started possessing Vicky. Mm. So she said she like uh, flipped out in class, slapped a girl. So she ended up in detention. So she's in detention by herself, and the teacher leaves the room. And then Vicky starts hallucinating. Right. She sees help me on the board. That's what it was. That's what it was. She sees help me on the chalkboard. So she goes up to it and then touches it or something. Yeah. And then she she just gets consumed into the chalkboard, which is obviously like a pool. Isn't it like backwards too? Like she's writing on the other side of the chalkboard. Yeah. Yeah. They had a scene like that too. Yeah. That's very Freddy Krueger style. Yeah. It it, 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 it really is. It really was. But it was really cool how they just did that with the chalkboard. Yeah. She pulls her in and it looks like putty like arms and shit are grabbing her and stuff yeah and then it's like uh she falls into this pool of water that starts spinning around in a cyclone yeah and i was like holy like shit upright like you know the chalkboard so it was really cool how they did that yeah they i mean they obviously did the camera they knew what they were doing because that's some wild shit man. right anyway yeah there's so many different scenes in this movie guys like it's just it's really hard to just 
pick the best out of all of them because right. Well, you could talk about the carousel because the, the horse the, is the one. Yeah, mine, the but. second scene with the carousel, she's on top of it um, in her prom dress, waiting for um, Craig. Wait, yeah, Craig, or waiting to go to prom, and her dad walks in. And the horse is like, it's oh, all creepy. It's like yeah. licking its lips. This shit is really creepy. She's laying on it all sexual. Like, yeah. You know, like she's like touching its mouth and like sticking her fingers in it. And its eyes are all devil eyes. And they're like moving around. It's so creepy. And it's kind of moving slightly. And it's just. However they did that. Dude. I have no idea. Because those eyes were like real eyes. It was fucking creepy. I fucking love that. But then her dad walks in and then she starts making out with her dad. Amityville. And then her mom walks in and starts, you know, throwing a fit about it. Well, I don't know why the dad didn't fucking stop. It was kind of disgusting. Um. Oh, and then so she flipped out on the mom and then did she like, like push her mom through the the glass door with her mind powers, right? <laughs> That's right, yeah. She blast side blasts her through the door. Yeah. You thought it was a window at first, but she broke the wood of the door. Yeah, it was a fucking <laughs> door. I was like, what the fuck? Dude? Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. The fact uh, what we never find out what happened to her dad. He he's gone with Satan. Yeah, he's been taken to hell right away. Yeah, right away. Pretty unforgivable. <laughs> <laughs> One does not make out with thy daughter. But anyway. Like, how do you explain that What she's not possessed? Oh, dad, I was just possessed. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, probably because she's so uptight, too. It's probably the most action he's seen in a long time. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not saying it makes it okay. I'm just saying that, like, you know, the guy's probably a little frustrated down there. You know what I'm saying? No. They live a very Christian life. You can't touch down there, remember? Yeah. You got to share it with your wife and wife only, and she ain't giving it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, there was a part where they do use some um, gay slurs in the movie, which I thought was interesting because Vicky has this like full on Mary Lou moment where she goes to see Craig and tells him to come up to the attic prop room above the the fucking uh, stage or whatever, the stage loft or whatever it's called. And uh, he he can't get hard, which pisses off Mary Lou. And she calls him the F slur and then bails on him to visit the principal his father bill so she's like hitting on him and then she goes and straddles fucking bill at his desk and he's like are you wait you can't do this vicky and she's like it's me mary lou you know it's like oh weird you know like this girl's crazy man right and she's like hitting on him hardcore and she's like craig's hot or something like that and i'm like how she switched back and forth like that yeah. She's definitely, you know. No wonder she's burning in hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All sexual deviants burn in hell. <laughs> We're joking. Yes. Of course. <laughs> we fuck our parents too. So, oh you know. my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. We really don't. Anyway, police. The police. <laughs> I think we've. we've I'm high as shit. That's what the problem is. <laughs> oh, that's right. They have Josh change the, the, the thing so that she wins. Oh, the prom queen? Yeah, she comes into the room with Josh, and he's like, you know my prize. After she's killed his girlfriend, by the way, mm-hmm. and he's been looking for her for the past few days, Josh is like, well, fuck you, bitch. If you're not going to come here and spend fucking prom night with me, I'm going to fucking fuck Mary Lou. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or not Mary Lou, the, the Kelly girl or yeah, whatever Kelly. the fuck. Whatever the girl is that's like the, the wannabe like 
the competition. She's Vicky's the prom queen competition. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so she goes up there and gives him a blow job <laughs> for him to switch the thing. And I think. And he did. But Mary Lou switched it. But yeah, but then Mary Lou with her mind powers. Wait, wait, wait. Mind powers? Yes. Uh, uh, made the computer attack and kill him. That's right. He gets shocked to death and his eyes bleed out like some fucking. Yeah. Lucio Fulci fucking father priest magic. Yeah. <laughs> And I think that other girl should have won because she had the nicest dress. She had this red, like totally 80s polka dot dress. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. She should have won. Do you remember when Bill was in the Raptors again because they wanted to kind of mirror the whole situation like they did in Carrie? Or what was there? Was, there was another movie that they did this like where it like relives the moment again. Oh, yeah. In the, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Because this movie does have that Carrie, you know, vibe about it because of, course of the whole it does, prom queen. Because it's prom queen, yeah. Right. So it's like he falls from the Raptors and Mary Lou's like the demon throws Craig around like a rag doll. And she's like chasing him because she comes out. That's right. Because Mary Lou falls on stage. Don't they shoot her or something like that in the chest? Oh, yeah. And then she fucking goes down and Craig's like, no! <laughs> and then Bill's up in the rafters and she comes out as a demon. Which, yeah. by the way, I need, cool. I need to make a list of movies where demons come out of people. Because I know at least three or four. Uh-huh. Um, Did you start that list? I, I'm start going, I, I have it in my head, but I haven't written it down. No. So it's only four. I could write more if I started it. But anyway. Because you still have your list of eating over de- eating a sandwich yeah, over yeah, a dead it's body. Called, it's called uh, corp, uh, corp Sandwich. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's where you eat over a corpse. Like, there was, like, that thing in the 80s where, where they thought everybody who... Yeah, like, the, the they were so... It was so normal to them to be doing this stuff that they could eat a sandwich over a dead body mm-hmm. and it wouldn't bother them. Mm-hmm. That's how good of the job they've been doing it for as long as they have. But yeah, uh, she wreaks habit all over the place and then opens a hole in the ground to suck Craig in. But Bill appears behind her and has her crown and he puts it on her head and kisses her and the camera rushes across the ground and blows up Mary Lou's grave. Like they go to hell basically and it, it takes you back to the night she died, but Bill and her are dancing as if it never happened. So they're like living out this sort of fantasy in their minds together. Mm-hmm. And Craig hears Vicky in the suitcase where all of this shit started because there's this Toulon suitcase in the basement of the school that opens up in the in the prop room or whatever. Yeah. So, and he finds her in there and she's like... I was like, that's Christian magic for you, like right there, because it's a good good magic. Mm. He's like, do you drink sugar in your coffee? And she's like, no, that stuff will kill you. And he hugs her because he needs to make sure it's it's, her. It's not Mary Lou. It's their secret password. Right. Like we have a secret password. Like if I die. Yeah, but no one else can know. Right. I'm not going to tell anybody. But it's also our internet password. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't help, does it? Uh... (laughs) it's pretty funny anyway bill shows up and walks him to his car and you hear mary lou on the radio and they look at at bill and see mary lou's ring and she and he's like hey kids they're playing our song and he drives off to allude to mary lou's not dead (laughs) so anyway we'll get on to the next movie i'm sorry it took so long i'll have to chop some of that up anyway so uh, we got Prom Night 3. Christina, you do the work on this one. You want to go ahead and kick it out? Prom Night 3, The Last Kiss, 
was released on video June 21st, 1990. You can watch this on YouTube. Yeah, it's the uncut version, too, which it is. Yeah. It has like three extra minutes in it. Yeah, and you, and can't, I, you can't really stream it anywhere else. Yeah, I think YouTube. it's like all the death scenes, too, the extra parts. Yeah, yeah. The malevolent spirit of Mary Lou Maloney returns to Hamilton High, where she manipulates a naive male student into helping her wreak havoc on the school. Tagline, a romantic comedy from hell. From hell. There you go. Uh, this was written and directed by Ron Oliver. You already heard about much, him. Yeah, oops. <laughs> we pretty much already done that. Um, it's also directed by Peter R. Simpson, and this is his only directing credit. He is mostly a producer of such films like Bullies mm. from 86, Bury the Lead, 2002, Mania, The Intruder oh, okay. from 1986. Well, Ron did the Bullies movie as well, or someone did. Yeah, I don't know. So they probably worked with him on it anyway. Before, yeah. Starring Tim Conlon, who plays Alex Gray. Mm -hmm. He was in Angels in the Outfield, Ocean's 13 from 2007, Starship Troopers 2, 2001, Revenge of the Nerds 3, The Next Generation from 1992. Oh, okay. Okay. God, I haven't seen those in a while. Comedies. Yeah. Um, Cynthia Preston plays Sarah. Uh... She was in The Brain from 1988, Pin 88, Yep. Uh, Total Recall 2017 from 1999. She was in Carrie 2013. Pretty sure she played the mom in that. Uh, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan 2018. Hmm. We have David Stratton, who plays Shane. Things to do in Denver when you're dead from 1995. And huh. he was in the remake of Valley of the Dolls from 1994. Wow, that's a very Hollywood movie, isn't it? Valium very, dolls. very drugs. Valium, please. <laughs> lithium. Oh no, it was lithium. No, I lithium. need to watch it again. We, I, I, I remember. Too. I remember it was funny and ridiculous. Wasn't Sharon Tate? Sharon Tate was in that. Yeah, it yeah. kind of reminds me of the Doctor Caligari in some ways because mm-hmm. it's got a lot of that artistic shit in it. Very artistic. So. Courtney Taylor plays Mary Lou Maloney in this. Uh, she was in Camp Blood from 2000 and Cover Me from 1995. Mm. We have Dylan Neal who plays Andrew. He was in Fifty Shades of Grey, 2015, Ice Road Terror, 2011, and Chupacabra Terror, <laughs> 2005. Do you believe? I couldn't find a budget or any sales information on this film. Okay. I would assume that it's probably... Straight to video. It's probably less than what they made on the... Or about the same or less. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah, maybe a little bit more or less than the one... The second one. The the first one. Yeah, the second one. I keep thinking the first one because... It was the first movie we watched. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, what'd you think, Alex? Uh, So, now I said part two had vibes of Carrie, Nightmare, and uh, Night of the Demons to it. All mixed in one extremely fun movie. Well, we sort of still get that. The homages are definitely still there. But it sort of includes like a bit of like Christine in it when Arnie gets possessed sort of thing. And, like, forced to do things he doesn't want to do. 
like very apparently. <laughs> and there's another thing that happens in the movie that we'll talk about later in the movie that, that involves a red car that just almost solidifies the whole fucking goddamn thing. <laughs> so I, I think he's definitely a Stephen King fan. <laughs> so, but it also feels like a part three of Night of the Demons more too for me a little bit with some of the weird camera work. A lot of the kills are bizarre and just themed up like some silly or friendly movies that you would see only maybe not as good obviously but the one lines feel a bit obligatory in this one where the other ones had a bigger punch it almost feels like this one has a little too many one-liners that they want to fit into one certain situation and they kind of like overlap one another does that make sense very okay but it's not all that bad like it's maybe it's not as good as the mary lou 2 or why am I stupid? Prom Night 2, but it is definitely still has its fun, its flair, and its silliness about it. It definitely gets a little bit more silly in this one than the, the second one, which is pretty goddamn silly. So you really kind of need to buckle the fuck up for this one when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think Zaza's score in here is much more whimsical and silly too. So that might be part of the reason why, because he came back to do the score on this one. Not nearly as serious and, you know, as the second one, which, you know, works. And sometimes I did laugh a bit, but just not nearly as much as the second one. Like I was exuberant over the, the, the second one. Mm-hmm. Other than that, though, I mean, the the kills are still very creative. The one-liners didn't really match up to the kills um, very slightly sometimes. Like, they would be talking about a nail salon or nail nails, and then they showed up for a hair salon, <laughs> which I guess, you know, it's loosely connected because they do nails at hair salons. Right. But it just didn't make sense, you know, like it wasn't as, like the jokes weren't. Right, as on. Yeah, I don't know. Like, they felt a little rushed in this one. Obviously Ron's a silly motherfucker because <laughs> there's some silly, funny writing in this mm-hmm. and it's, it's fully aware of itself. So it's not a movie that you're going to be like in two where you're kind of back and forth. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it's funny, but it's just an entertaining film altogether. But this one is just more going for taking the piss out of it a little bit more. They're having fun with it. Mary Lou's running around floating around like fucking Candarian demon from fucking evil dead and shit. Uh, she kind of feels a lot more, like I said, in the Night of the Demons with, with that, where the evil is more present in the school and stuff. And there's like, totally. it's just, it's a little wilder. Um, I did not hate it. I didn't, I thought it was better than average still. I would probably give this movie like a six out of 10, whereas the other one, 8.5. Like I wouldn't look forward to this one as much as the other one, but I would still watch it because... I still think it's a good movie. What about you? Makes sense. Well, this one, again, is strangely funny and cheesy. Uh, Not as good, though. It looks very more like a made-for-TV movie, especially in the beginning, I thought. And this time, this time, instead of her possessing a girl, this time she haunts this guy. Right. And then gets him to cheat on his girlfriend with her which I thought was odd. And also they go to, I don't think this is spoiling it, but also in this movie, they end up in hell. So that was interesting. That was an interesting take it on it. It starts in hell, actually. Oh yeah, it starts in hell. She breaks out of hell. She breaks out of hell and then they end up like having to go into hell. Um, but it was lacking a little bit more, but at least the story was different. Mm. So I give you that. Uh, the dialogue uh, didn't hit as well, like you were saying. Uh, there were some good kills, bizarre kills, but you know, it was still lacking, I think, still, because it, it still, like, dragged. Sure. 
um, like you were saying, it had elements of Christine and stuff, but I also thought it had elements of Fright Night and Back to the Future for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know that. why. I think it might be because of they went, they did more of the 50s references in this. Yeah, well, Arnie always put on the suit, like the jacket. That's why I always think of like Christine, but. Oh, I don't know. But yeah, not as good. I gave it a four out of 10. Okay. I could do without it. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Yes, thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, so she's giving it, we're giving it a five out of 10 from the both of us. A combined I feel, score. I feel, I feel like that's a low, that's a low number. Like, I think, I feel, I feel like this deserves a little bit more than that, you know? Like. No, I'm I good. Can, I can thank see people being kind of mid on it, though, so I guess it kind of fits. There you but go. for me, it's not. Well, I don't know. you're, you. You like everything. Shut the fuck up. It's not that I like everything. I just, there's a certain level of layer of cheese that is preferable or not. And this is closer to that level. Mm-hmm. It's very, there's a f- slim margin, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Every, he likes everything. Thanks, Christina. That's a, that's what every re- reviewer wants to hear. Wants to know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, we do have some trivia on this. So I'll get into that. If you don't want anything spoiled, you can actually watch this on... YouTube. YouTube, that's right. There's an uncut version on there. I think there is another place that you can watch it or rent it, but it, I don't know that it's uncut. So watch it while you still can. It's been up for eight years, and uh, it's probably because the movie's so expensive and rare to get. People just don't want to pay $40 to get two movies mm-hmm. or, you know, $50 for a movie that's that old, I guess. Right. But I bet you if they repackage it and put it out in 80, 1080p or... They can make some real money off of part two and three together. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so if you don't want anything spoiled, check it out and come back. We got all the timestamps down below. But other than that, here's your warning. He pretty much wrote this script directly while he was writing the other one. So he had this one in the drawer, you know, the drawer. The back burner. Yeah. So he said he had a really strong producer that he worked with on this particular movie. So he had a lot more creative freedom on this than... You know, he he didn't see eye to eye on everything, but he was definitely trusting Ron to make a movie and do it well. So that's nice. So Ron was friends with the lead who played Alex named Tim Conlon and David Staten, who played Shane and Courtney Taylor, who played Mary Lou, which if you noticed, she didn't play the It was a different girl this time, Courtney Taylor, which was one of his friends. Oh, it was a friend. Okay. Yeah. Apparently the, the girl who originally did it, she was... Um, in Prime Night 2, she said no one ever recontacted her, uh, Lisa Schrag, and uh, she was kind of curious about that. It probably wasn't anything personal. It's probably just because he cheaper. thought of his, his friend. Yeah. yeah, that too, probably. But if these are his friends, you know what I mean? Yeah, cheap. He obviously thought about that. So he said they had a blast making this film together. Uh, there was a scene in particular where one of the guys who was the teacher, the guy with the big guy with the glasses, he was a boxer, apparently. Oh, really? A Canadian boxer. Huh. And like they were in the ground, you know, where all the zombies were getting buried into the middle of the field. Uh-huh. Which, by the way, <laughs> what a hell of a job that guy was. There was no displaced dirt anywhere to be found. <laughs> and he just neatly packed those bodies inside of there without any extra yeah, space. Yeah, and the grass was all fully intact. Yeah, and they played football on it. Occasionally yeah. you'd see a hand or something but yeah, yeah it's okay it's normal it's just a flower yeah it's a weird flower you've never seen before it's a worm scrotum flower <laughs> but the zombie scene on the football field is it was like cold as fuck out at night apparently 
because it's Canada, you know. He's like, even in the summertime, we would shoot. It would just be so fucking cold. It was like, uh, he said that Canadian boxer guy came up out of the hole when they had just finished resodding it, and it took forever. They had to bury them in there so they could climb oh out. And uh, he popped his head up, and he was like, "Hey, uh, Ron, are you uh, gonna be done yet to do, do the shoot?" Right as he was about to shoot. Oh, no. Yeah, so he was like, well, uh, yeah, in about 20 minutes we'll be ready. We were ready, but in 20 more minutes now that you popped your head up out of the... <laughs> he wasn't yes. mad. He was just like, thought it was funny. Part of the reason that, that he got the job for the Are You Afraid for the Dark series was because of these movies. Oh. So apparently... um. Uh, DJ McHale, one of the creators of the show, liked them and in, in the books, obviously. Mm-hmm. He liked them in the tone, probably, because it has this sort of uh, whimsical right. sort of style about Comedy. it. Comedy. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's not so dark because, you know, Are You Afraid of the Dark is still scary. Right. For kids, especially, because it's just there's some really fucking scary shit in that. Mm-hmm. But it is, like, done in a whimsical way, so it's not, it's a little more family-friendly, I guess. That makes sense. But- he got picked for it, and that got him a job with, you know, the other big one, Goosebumps. So, oh yeah, that's right. You know, it was all kind of like in line with each other when he got that, and it just mm-hmm. really helped boost his career. So, just want to be fully transparent here. I got this. I looked in IMDb to see for one of these notes, and it said this, and I'm like, okay, uh, I don't know if it's true, but I gotta mention it because it sounds so crazy, and Christina would hate me if I didn't bring it up. But the film was apparently financed by Live Entertainment, owned by Jose Menendez. Oh, the, the, Men- the dad. The Thursday before production was to commence, writer-director Ron Oliver went to dinner with the Menendez family. Right. Including the brothers Eric and Lyle. I've seen this in a documentary. Yeah, and the following Monday, Ron learned production had been delayed due to the murders of Jose and Kitty Menendez. Right. They killed their family. Yep. The Menendez brothers. Yeah, this is wild, man. Filming was apparently pushed back two weeks, though. I forgot he was a uh, a producer. He yeah. financed movies. The the dad did because he was like rich. Well, Hollywood, probably you know. Yeah. No. Uh, L. A. Whatever. No, he was in finance or something. I forget. Whatever. Financier. That is funny. I'm glad you brought that up. I would have been very upset. I know. See what I'm saying? So, but that's pretty much it for all the trivia I have. I, I know some other things that'll probably pop up while we're talking about it, but yeah. Um, did you have any scenes in this movie? There was a lot of scenes, but none of them really had the impact as the first, uh, the second movie. I keep saying first. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Prom, Prom Night 2. two. <laughs> two. Prom 2. Part 2. Part 2. Say it with me, Alex. Part 2. Part 2. Okay, there was two ones that I see. This one wasn't like a scary one or anything. I just thought it was really cool because Alex is the guy who's getting possessed. Oh, me? Yeah, you too. Yeah, possessed. Um, Possessed. Yeah. Um, I've been watching too many drag shows. (laughs) He calls his parents uh, one morning because uh, he had... He had got possessed, right? And he woke up in the school with the flag and he was naked. I won't get into that. Yeah. So he like called his parents and he's talking to the phone on his parents. Oh, <laughs> and they're parents. doing the peanuts and thing. They're, they're, they have the Charlie Brown 
Is that what adult it is? Adult voice. I couldn't remember yeah. it was Charlie Brown or Scooby-Doo. It's peanuts. Yeah. Peanuts. Peanuts. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> yeah, and they like intentionally did it. It's like, let me talk to mom. That's probably, and, yeah. Yeah, and let me talk to mom. And then, yeah, like, he was like, was he so was a little funny. different. He was like, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Like, that little touch. And that was it. It's like, been in other movies like that. A lot of people remember that stuff because yeah. like. You know, back then it was a little... It was creative. Yeah, I think you could just get on a phone these days and actually do... Yeah. You know, like actually do the vocal recordings... Right. ...through the phone or make it sound like it anyway, right, you know? Right, right. But I like that scene. And then uh, there's a scene like right after that where there's a teacher in the classroom and he's like grading the papers and then Mary Lou like starts writing the... Pa- like possesses and, and it just starts writing itself and it gives Alex an A, right? So then Mary Lou like pops up and then all of a sudden the the classroom's a diner for some fucking reason. (laughs) See something you'd like? Yeah, pretty much. And she has ice cream cones in her fucking hands. And then she shoves the ice cream cones into his hands. Into like the tops of his hands. He's in front. She pops up and he's like, who the hell are you? What are you doing in my class? (laughs) Like trying to play the straight man, you know, like just like, what's going on? I don't understand why this demonic woman just popped up in my class (laughs) with a fucking ice cream bar. And then she's like, I'm not going to ask her about the ice cream bar. I'm just going to ask her about why she's there. And she's like trying to seduce him. Like, what does she say? Like, oh, what flavor do you like? Or some shit like that. like you like that big like, boy? What the you know? fuck are you talking about? He's he's like, who the heck are you? And she's like, I'm Alex's new girlfriend, and you have a bad attitude. And sticks to the ice cream cones in his hands on the counter like knives. Right, and then uh, she puts the electric mixer like into his face. Yeah, the like the one old school one where you stick the two prongs in. Yeah. And what it, was like, that old school? I still that is that. old school. Like because you would think when you think of a mixer now, you pour the ingredients in a mixer now. Oh, I see. Rather than the old school one where it has the two prongs. Right. It's it's just a blender. Right. No. Right. But they still use the mixer because you need it at certain speeds. Yeah, I just used one when I made like those. Like dough and ice cream day. need a certain speed. Yeah. Butter. Butter, things like that. But anyway, yeah. That's funny. That's my favorite. Uh, join us next week for our talk about butter and all the wonderful ingredients that you can get out of and tastes out of butter that you never experienced before. In next week's horse shot. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, she sticks the cones in the hands, does the drill in the head, and I think the part they cut out because it's so jagged is where the back of the head you see pop out. Oh, comes out, yeah. yeah. and you see the blood. You don't yeah. see it fully, but... Yeah, it's like the side view of it. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, like... It heads to- towards it. Something, yeah. There was the other one with the uh, guidance teacher who was like... She's like catching on to something's going on because Mary Lou has been like basically changing his entire life around, whether it's him playing football or getting good grades or getting picked on by the teachers or she's hacking the system. Yeah, she's hacking. Well, that Josh told her how to use those computers, so you know she knows how to work it. And he changes his grades. She also knows how to make magic, like ink, disappear and then reappear. Right. And. Uh, but yeah, she uh she gets the guidance counselor and she grabs her by the arm. She's like, "Your nails are so fucking messy." And she goes to the salon in the middle of that room where right. she's she's like, "What's what's that smell?" She's like, "Oh, nothing. It's just battery acid." She put her in a, a blow dryer, one of the salon. Blow yeah, the dryers. hair yeah, curler. The ha- yeah. Yeah, so the like, your hair curls after a long period of time. It's like, what do they call it? Perm. Perm. Yeah, yeah. a perm thing or whatever 
But yeah, she's like, what's that smell? And she's like, oh, it's nothing. Just battery acid. (laughs) She's like, battery acid. She's like, relax. You're soaking in it. And then all of a sudden, all this gray, milky, I guess, battery acid like pours out of the head part of the perm thing onto her whole face. And it just fries. Yeah. It, it looks like a Grimace milkshake from McDonald's, by the way. They have those right now, so I want to try one. They look gross. I want to know what it tastes like. Is it like, does it taste like him? Oh, it tastes like ass. Is it, is it actual fresh ground Grimace? Grimace ass. <laughs> what if it's like grapey Maybe it's or his something. family or something. Does it come with a grape whistle? <laughs> Horrible. I actually looked into getting those. Okay, I'm going to sidetrack. It, it was $16. You can only get the, the Grimace shake with the meal, and it's 16 fucking dollars. Jesus Christ, McDonald's. We don't even eat at that place very so often. It's then so expensive pe- So now. then people were complaining about it. So a lot of the franchise locations, they, they shut it down, and people were coming up asking for it. They were like, no, we're not doing that right now because- there's something wrong with the price. Okay, well, that's enough anyway. history on Anyway, which brings all my boys to the yard. Anyway. <laughs> Is this a joke you wrote down? No. You didn't play it? It was off the top of my head. Because I was talking about eating a, a Grimace, a character in the McDonald's universe, and that seems really fun. It was good marketing, though. I yeah. would give them that, but it's too expensive. <laughs> anyway, so... Alex is on the field burying another body again because goddamn girls, you know, they're always making you bury dead bodies like Mary Lou does. <laughs> and so he's out there with a shovel and the fucking like uh, school quarterback, like his running back champion comp- competition, like comes up to him and he's like, hey, buddy, think you're pretty fucking cool getting my fucking position or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And then Mary Lou pops up in full football outfit after he punches Alex in the face and he's like yeah is that you Zach or, or whatever the guy's name is mm-hmm. he's like here throw it to me man see how fucking good you are and then she throws it and he's like don't catch it <laughs> did you hear Alex don't, don't catch, catch it. it like he says it so normally hey man don't catch it <laughs> don't catch it and then he tries to catch it and of course you see it spinning in the air and it turns from a ball like a pig skin into a oh that's almost, right it's totally phantasm yeah he's do he's totally doing an homage to phantasm because that's exactly how they shoot that mm-hmm. is like the side shot and the drill scene from right. fucking part two I think mm-hmm. but man it drills him into the fucking post about two feet above where he stood so it like knocked him into it and then drilled him into the stomach into the fucking metal (laughs) and that's when uh alex is like it's that's that's it no more he's like i'm done with this i'm fucking done with this she's like what about this and kisses him and he's like no it's over stop you have to get away from me and and she throws a tantrum and turns into like pink glowing light and disappears right and then he gets up off the ground and he looks at the dead body and he says Women. <laughs> it's horrible. Uh, it's not funny because of the women part. It's just funny because it's they actually right. did that. Yeah. I think it's funny that they did that. Because that's so. the jokes. Like, that's how people talk like back then. You know what I mean? It's yeah. funny. There was a scene where Mary Lou possesses Alex's sister. Oh, yeah. And then that sister goes to Shane's house. Oh, uh, yes. To, like 
I think she was like looking for Alex because it wasn't Alex there. Yeah, he, they were outside drinking and talking about going on a road trip because him and Sarah aren't getting along and right Shane won't shut up about the goddamn fucking trip the entire movie right literally every time they're together he does not forget to mention the trip we're gonna go on the trip we're gonna go on the trip man the trip yeah the fuck you know what you need bro you need some water yeah (laughs) you need to go on a long road trip on your hog (laughs) it's like over and over and over anyway so i just think it's funny um but the uh what ends up happening is uh the sister well you know and then she turns into mary lou he's like wow you're looking really adult now these days (laughs) you're really grown up yeah God, you've really grown up. Ew. But she pulls his heart from out of Shane from like the back of the couch. No, she. Or was it the front of the couch? She says, like, you got a really great heart, Shane. You know, you're looking out for my brother. He's just a really great guy. You got a really great heart, man. You want to see it? And then she punches him through the chest out the back. Oh, out the back then, of the couch. And then you see the heart in his hand out the couch. And then she pulls it out. And she's like, see? Or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, it was funny. And then Alex wakes up because he's asleep outside for some reason. Literally on the other side of the wall. Mm-hmm. There's a sliding glass door that's like right there. <laughs> Mary Lou, you got to stop killing people. Yeah. <laughs> this was my friend. <laughs> oh, you silly girl. You silly gal. Anyway, the cops are on to him now because she's pissed off. And so all the bodies are being shown or like coming up. And that's where we see... Josh from the previous movie, Brock Simpson, who Pops returns the as the cop. He's like got like two parts in the movie, a couple parts actually. I think there's like three scenes with him in it, and uh, he's like he's like comedy comic relief a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's a scene where Mary Lou appears in the jail because Alex gets arrested, and she comes in. And he's like, "Oh, I want nothing to do with you." And she gets mad, and then two guards come in, and she turns them into smoke by shooting purple lightning out of her eyes, <laughs> and then disappears like angry again because he doesn't love her, and he and uh, she leaves the keys to get out of the cell behind and a prom invite on the floor from 1957. Huh. So, huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. meanwhile, Sarah's at the dance with Leonard. Uh, Nelson or something like that. Yeah, he's a dorky Leonard guy. Welsh. Because there's that weird scene. This is how I remember. He's like, Leonard, she was like, he's like, Mary Lou, go to the prom with me. And and she's like, you have uh, been an asshole kind of thing. And he's like, yeah, well, I, 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 I've changed my mind, blah, blah, blah. He's on his knees in front of all of the school in the middle of the hallway. And he's super popular right now because he's like the thing in the school right now. Mm-hmm. So everybody's watching. And he's like banging on his knees. And she's like, well, I've already been asked. He's like, wait, you got asked to prom? And she was like, he's like, by who? She's Le- like, Leonard. Leonard now, uh, Welsh. And then he's like, Leonard Welsh. And everybody else the is like, crowd's like, huh? Leonard Welsh. <laughs> funny that's the silliness this is that extra layer of silly that it goes right like they may have made that joke and then the crowd is just that extra meta layer i think that they throw into this right it's this type of movie this is the sense of humor of this movie but back to the prom alex has a gun and he's firing a gun (laughs) in the middle of prom because man that has a new meaning now watching somebody walk into a building with a gun like i like literally do when i see it in a movie 
it instantly cool. triggers me to think about that kind of thing. I yeah. know I'm desensitized, but actually seeing somebody walk in with a gun like that, it used to be like, oh my God, he's got a gun. Like, you know, but, or I didn't think of it that deeply, but now <laughs> I see it in a yeah. movie and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. he's going in the prom with that thing. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> um, anyway, he shoots the gun in this, in this, this, the ceiling or whatever. And then he's like, where's Sarah? And she's on the stage suddenly after she's been chased by Mary Lou for a while. And Mary Lou comes up through the fucking floorboards and literally like grabs her. And then he like stands up to Mary Lou and he's like, no, don't take her. Take me and I'll give you anything that you want. (laughs) And she's like, that's the plan or something like that. Right. Right. And then he goes down into hell. But Sarah's like, fuck that shit. That's my man. You know, like. Yeah, which is weird. And she grabs the gun and jumps and goes down into hell with them. Yeah, to save them. Yeah. I would have just left you there. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part that really is weird. The first person she bumps into hell is Shane. And Shane's like, look, come on, Sarah. It's like fucking Alex doesn't want to be with you anymore. You're old news. Like, what do you want? <laughs> you're in hell you can't do anything with that and she's like what and he's like shoot me and he shoots her she shoots him i mean a couple of times and he's like he grabs the gun out of her and he's like when you got a headache how do you spell relief and he puts the gun in his mouth and pulls the trigger like oh i know and then he turns to the wall and he goes and he blows smoke out of his mouth which is kind of cool i gotta admit (laughs) He's like, Sarah, let me give you a piece of my mind. And then he points at the wall with his guts on it. (laughs) He's like, yeah, see, you see, friends are forever, but girlfriends, they come and go. And he pulls the trigger, but it just clicks on her and she runs off. And then she bumps into some other friends or whatever. And uh, there's like, she busts past them in the shop class because, you know, high school High school hell. Yeah, basically, high school is hell because you realize you're in hell now in school. You also see a cherry red 1958 Plymouth Fury or something they're close of. Mm -hmm. And that cannot be a coincidence that this is in this movie. Mm -hmm. He did that to us on purpose, just like he did the phantasm thing. Right. Just like everything. You know what I mean? It's intentional. So, but. This is where Sarah decides to make a blowtorch suddenly. I don't know how, but she whips it up like some MacGyver shit. (laughs) She runs around blowtorching everyone. Including a fucking Saul spitting jukebox. That's right. (laughs) She burns that down because it keeps playing Mary Lou's song everywhere. Mm -hmm. She's like, fuck you. Fuck that bitch cunt. So then Mary straps Alex into a chair on a stage and plans on killing him. But Sarah shows up with her flamethrower. And it breaks. So she lights. This is the weirdest thing, though. She lights the canister, the like actual art, like plug, like Mm -hmm. the tube. She lights it and it goes down like a fucking stick of dynamite. Right. Like you would lit a fucking wick of a dynamite. It's really weird. But it's like that metal tube that like goes on like, a you know, gas blow torches. Yeah. So it keeps burning down. And then eventually, I think she sticks it in Mary Lou's dress, like in the top and between her boobs. Cleavage, yes. Yeah, her cleavage. <laughs> Sorry. Use proper terms. Her tatas. I'm just kidding. Shut up. <laughs> 
anyway, but she puts it in there and it blows up. And then they get chased by zombies and they get into Christine's car and drive through Mary. And they end up back in reality. Or so you think. <laughs> or, or are they? See, this is back to future vibes that I'm ta- talking about. No, this is Freddy Krueger vibes. Because you remember okay. in the first one when she goes into the car with her friend in the yeah. red car? That's yeah. also a red car convertible, but it's not the same one. Right. It's close. No, it's not close. It's very different. Okay, that was like it's a different. It's like a late 60s model in the Freddy movie, and this one's a 50s model. So, but I can't, I guarantee you it's definitely an homage to Freddy and Christine. Christine, yeah. But yeah, he goes to, he ends up back, they, they are in reality, and he goes to use the phone, and it doesn't take quarters. So he asks Sarah for a dime, and she's like, a dime? Why would it be a dime? And he's like, oh, fuck, we're in hell, you know? And Sarah gets choked by Mary in the back seat, and then he runs to the other side to help Sarah. And sure enough, she's not there. And then he turns, and everybody's just kind of like doing the regular thing. And he's like, "All right, you win! <laughs> you win!" <laughs> and that's it. That's the end of the movie. So we don't know where it went. Yeah, did, we don't know where they went. If they did, were stuck did, in hell, or? well, did Sarah ever actually go into hell? Maybe he thought he was. She did, and she didn't. And it was just him the whole time. He gave up. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's the, that's the reviewing spirit. Don't want to talk about it. <laughs> All right, fine. If they're going to end it like that, over it. I don't know. I thought it was just an homage, I guess, you know? Yeah. I like it. A lot of people are not going to like it, but I think if you are a horror fan, you might appreciate it more than mm-hmm. most people would. Right. It's just one of those kind of movies, you know what I mean? Like, you just... Right. You know, you just don't get to see that kind of stuff anymore. It's not as, like, the kills and the stuff like that just aren't as creative like that anymore. You never really see stuff like that. Right. I don't know. And it's like, it, it did it in the 90s, and I think it got a little too schlocky for some, and people just got kind of tired of it a little bit. So then we went into that whole age of, like, realistic gore, right? Like, Saul and fucking mm-hmm. Hostel and, like, you know, where we, we were, like, French horror movies that were, like, getting real fucking violent. Martyrs. Martyrs and fucking inside and... High tension. Yeah. Fucking she, <laughs> Serbian film. Itchy the killer. Well, yeah, that that actually was kind of violent, too. But it was a little sillier. But it yeah. was shocking. Some of the stuff in there. shocking. Because they had the Audition. dog scene. Yeah, they had the dog scene where he, like, slams it on the ground and up against the window. And I don't shit. know. <laughs> yeah, I think, that's, I think it's either that or Gozu. I can't remember. It's one of the two. But it's a Takashi Miike film. Right. Both of them. Anyway, thank you guys so much for all the support you give us on this podcast. We really do appreciate you. If you listen to the end, please let us know. Tutti Fruity fucking Fruity, okay? Tutti fucking Fruity. There you go. Tutti fucking Fruity. And then uh, we'll know that you are a god amongst mere mortals. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, yes, that's the secret password for today. (laughs) But... uh, Anyway, guys, thank you so much. I uh, would love to hear what you think about both of these movies. Should we do the fifth one? I don't know. Should we continue on and do that one? Or, you know, let us know what you think in the comment section down below. We appreciate you guys. We're not really sure what we're going to do next week yet. Um, it is, we may do Pride again. We're not really sure. We got a lot of stuff that we need to do. So we're trying to fit it all in there. You know, stuff that people have gotten us and stuff that we want to say thanks for. But, uh, yeah, just uh, keep to the social media, and we'll let you know there. Thank you guys so much for coming by, and as always, long live the voice.